Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearson. So glad you tuned into the broadcast today. Let's get right back into the Word of God where we left off in last week's broadcast. We've been in the middle of some amazing things, and I know the Lord wants to say something very unique, very special to us today, and I hope you're ready for it. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. We are so just excited about who you are and what you're doing in our lives, about what you're doing in this ministry. We just yield ourselves to you today, Father. I yield myself to you today to speak only what I would hear you say. Give me words, Father. Satisfy my mouth with good things that it would minister grace to the people that hear it. And I pray over our friends and our family and our partners all over the world that are watching these broadcasts today. And I speak blessing to you and to your family. Be increased and be enriched as you hear the word of God, as you believe it and act on it today. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for it. Amen. Uh, We've been in a series for weeks now. It's actually lasted longer than I thought it would initially, but we've been talking about what it looks like to be in passionate pursuit of God. And we've been using Psalm 63 as our reference for that. And David said in verse one, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Listen to what he says here in verse three, because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. And you know, this chapter goes on verse after verse after verse. And really what it is, is a picture of a person in passionate pursuit of God. It's a picture of a person in passionate pursuit of God. And it's a picture that I've used in my life over and over. I hold it up and I say, okay, Jeremy, is this what you look like right now? Are you pursuing God the same way David did here? And I can tell you there have been times in my life where I've been chasing after God and the things of God and the plan of God and the presence of God, just like David did. There have been other times where I've had to look at it and say, you know, I need to come up in this. It's time to to rekindle this, to stir up that fire on the inside again. But that's why we're using this psalm because we wanna know what it looks like to be in a passionate pursuit of God. And I don't know if you've ever experienced somebody passionately pursuing you, but it's awesome, man. I mean, there's nothing like it. And you need to know that this is how God is towards you, but you also need to know what it's like to to be in passionate pursuit of Him. And one of the reasons we bring this up, and really the main reason, is because faith is here. Faith, there, there is no such thing as faith for God to do anything for you outside of you knowing Him. That's where faith begins. It begins in a relationship with Him. Faith in God begins when you know what His will is for you. And you don't get to know His will standing far off from Him, living life at a distance from Him. Now you find out what His will is for your life in those times of intimacy, in those times of closeness with Him. That's what this is all about. And as you passionately pursue him, you're going to look up one day and realize your faith has come up and up and up for one reason. You know him better than you used to. Your faith in him as your healer comes up. Why? Because you just know him better. You know him better through his word. You know him better through your own experience. And the better you know him, the more faith you put in him. And that's what this life is all about, pleasing God with our faith, 
Because when we put faith in him, it opens up this door. When you respond to what he's done, he responds to your faith in him and it starts this ongoing conversation, this cycle of blessing in your life that cannot be stopped. Thank God for it. So we've really not been able to get much beyond these verses here in Psalm 63, really just the first half of verse one where David said, God, you're my God early will I seek you? And if you've missed any of the broadcasts in this series, I encourage you to go get them. Go to pearsonsministries.com. You can watch them there. You can get them from our podcast or excuse me, from our, um, our app, our Legacy Studios app. But get a hold of these things. Get caught up with us because in the last few broadcasts over the last several weeks, we've been looking at this connection between seeking God and prosperity between seeking God and the provision, the abundance that we need to do what he's called us to do and to receive not only the things we need, but all the desires of our heart. But you know from the Psalms that receiving that has to do with you delighting in him. So we're right back to seeking him in a passionate way. We looked at several verses from the Old Testament. I wanna go back there. We looked in 2 Chronicles chapter 14 about King Asa, who sought God and they sought God as a nation before they built and before they went to battle, before they went to war. And uh, because they sought God, God was on their side and he fought for them when they were outnumbered by over 700,000 troops. God fought for them and they won in such dramatic fashion that the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 14 verse verse 14, that they plundered all the cities and there was exceedingly much spoil in them. The spoil means all the gold, all the silver, everything that's valuable. They walked away with it that day. Not only did they win, not only did they not lose, I mean, that's good, but to walk away with increase. And the same thing will happen in your life and in mine. When we take time to seek the Lord, just time set aside just to seek him. You'll come up against things. You'll be so far outnumbered and all the odds will be stacked against you. But for one reason, because you took the time to seek him, he will go to work on your behalf and you start looking around and everything that was against you starts falling, starts falling, starts falling. And not only do you walk away unscathed, you walk away more blessed than you were when you went into it. The very thing that Satan designed to to, to tear you down and to strip away all the provision and abundance from your life, God turned it around simply because you sought him. Simply because you took the time to seek him and God made that thing turn out to where you walked away, increased and multiplied. The same thing that happened to them can happen for us. I want to look at another verse. You turn to 2 Chronicles 19. Let me read this to you out of 2 Chronicles chapter 26, just a short verse here in verse five, speaking about King Uzziah. It very simply says this, 2 Chronicles 26, five, we'll put this on the screen for you. It says, he sought God in the days of Zechariah who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. 
Oh man, don't you like that? How plain is it right there? Look at this connection between seeking God and the prosperity that we need and require to do what God's called us to do. This king, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. But that's a key phrase there. It, it only, he only prospered as long as he sought God. You could read the rest of this chapter and find out he got away from God. And he got lifted up in pride. He prospered so much that he forgot God. And, you know, that's, that's one thing that, that the Lord warned his people about. He said, listen, I'm bringing you, when they were coming out of Egypt, he said, I'm bringing you into a place, into a city, and you're going to live in homes you didn't build, you didn't buy. You're going to have things that you didn't have to spend money on. And I'm going to bring this into your life. But he said, listen, when you're living in that house, don't you forget me. Don't you forget that it was me who put you there. When you're living in these large, beautiful cities and you've got every need met, everything supplied for, God said, don't you forget that it was me. And Uzziah, or excuse me, yeah, Uzziah, he forgot. As long as he sought the Lord, he prospered. But there came a time in his life and in his reign, he totally forgot. And he acted in pride on some things and he did not die a prosperous man. So the key to his prosperity and the key to ours is as long as we seek the Lord, we're going to prosper. As long as he's first, just like David said, early, I will seek you. Now, listen, we're not, it's not just one of those things where we're, it's like we're seeking him to prosper. Well, I I want more stuff, so I'm going to seek God, seek God, seek God. You're missing the whole point. The whole point is put him first get into an honest and genuine relationship with him and let him add to you the things you need. This is supposed to be the difference between us and the rest of the world. He adds to us when the rest of the world is trying to add it to themselves. Let him add it to you. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Let's see, I told you to go to 2 Chronicles 19. Listen to this uh, about another king. This was King Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, that's fat with a P-H-A-T, Jehoshaphat. And listen to what it says in verse three. First couple of verses of this chapter are talking about actually some things Jehoshaphat got wrong. And he got into some relationship and to some uh, business dealings with some wicked people and he shouldn't have, and the prophet was talking to him about it. But in verse three, it said, nevertheless, good things are found in you that you have removed the wooden images from the land and have prepared your heart to seek God. Prepared your heart to seek God. So even though he had gotten off into some stuff that wasn't good, it wasn't right, God wasn't thrilled with it, still, what God was happy about was that number one, he got rid of all the the foreign gods, all the idols and images, basically said the exact same same thing David did. God, you're my God, no other gods before you. And he had prepared his heart to seek the Lord. Now skip down to chapter 20, still talking about Jehoshaphat uh, and look in verse three. Uh, They had found out that there was a huge army getting ready to come against them. And in verse three, it says, Jehoshaphat feared. And what did he do in response to this? He set himself to seek the Lord. 
That was the first thing he did in response to the news that trouble is coming. Now we know he already had a heart to seek the Lord, but what do you do when trouble comes? What you do when you find out that I don't care if it's something small or something big, something major, something life-threatening maybe, what you do in immediate response to it could mean the difference between life and death. What's the first thing out of your mouth? What's the first thing coming up out of your heart? What did David say? I'm going to seek you early. I'm going to seek you first. And I know when the pressure is on and it feels like it's at its worst, I know I've been there. It doesn't feel like you've got time to go sit down and seek. It feels like you've got to get out and do something about it. We got to go fix this thing. We got to go, we, we got to go meet the need. We got to go figure out what we're going to do. But that is the time, like we said in last week's broadcast, slow down, slow your roll. That's the time to seek the Lord. You should have already been seeking him leading up to it. And if you are, that's good. But even more so, when the pressure is on, seek the Lord. When the, when the heat is at its hottest, seek the Lord. And it says here that Jehoshaphat, he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. You know, that's a really interesting, practical way of seeking God is to just, he said, it said he set himself to seek the Lord and then proclaimed a fast. That, that's one way to demonstrate to yourself, to the Lord, to anyone around you, I am serious about seeking God. Is when you identify some things in your life that you think, you know, up until this time, I have lived like I couldn't live without them and I'm gonna instead set them aside. And if that's a meal a day, a couple of meals, maybe fast an entire day or a few days, whatever it is, you are literally saying to yourself, you're saying to the Lord, life is more than food. Isn't that what Jesus said? Life is more than food. That's what Jehoshaphat's saying here. We are gonna seek the Lord. And he proclaimed this fast throughout the whole nation. Now, husbands, fathers, listen to me. Don't you think that you and I could do this in our household? If this king could do it over a whole nation, you and I could do it in our own households. Moms, dads, leaders in homes, it would be good for the two of you to come together and say, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna turn the TV off for a little while, guys. And we've done that in our house a few times. Uh, Justice and Jesse, we notice sometimes they get a little too clingy with the iPad or the shows or the phone or the TV or whatever it is. And we say, guys, no, you know what? We're gonna turn it off for a little while. We're gonna set these things aside. The thing you got to remember though, when you're seeking the Lord is you don't just, you don't just turn these things off and then go replace it with something else. No, you shut them off and you replace that with time with God. That's how you set yourself to seek him. That's how you prepare your heart to seek him. Notice what happened as a result. Verse four, Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. That's awesome to me, to think that people from all these cities across this nation all came into agreement on one thing. We are here to seek the Lord. And what would happen if, if our families did that together as a family, our, our, our ministries, our churches, or whatever, all of us got on the same page and said, we are all here 
to seek the Lord. Well, I can tell you what would happen. You're about to read what would happen. Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he began to pray. That's an awesome prayer. If we had time, we'd read the whole thing. I encourage you to read it. But verse after verse after verse, he just prayed and cried out to God and reminded himself and reminded the people of everything God had done for them and reminded God of it. God, you were there for us then. You saved us then. You delivered us out of this. You delivered us out of that. And he just rehearsed it and recounted it over and over, verse after verse. And he gets down to verse 12. He says, oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. He makes this statement. He said, nor do we know what to do. Man, that's just honest, isn't it? Just honest before God. God, I do not know what to do. But listen, he didn't leave it with that. He said, we don't know what to do, but... Our eyes are on you. And that's the key right there. That's the key to victory, friends. Listen to me. That's the key to you coming out of this thing on the victory side of it. Even when you don't know what to do, you put your eyes on the Lord, which means you're going to have to take them off what's against you which means you may have to take them off, just some fleshy carnal stuff. It would do you and I good. Turn the TV off for a little while. Turn all the social media stuff that we're just feeding on nonstop. Turn that stuff off. When you don't know what to do in a pressure situation, it's not time to feed on meaningless stuff. In a pressure situation, when you're looking at it going, what do I do? It's time to set your eyes on God. And if you know to do that, even when you don't know what to do, you'll know what to do. As long as you know to set your eyes on God, you know what to do. May I may not know how to figure this out, but I know to set my eyes on God. I know we're going to walk by faith. And when he prayed this, the Bible says in these next few verses that the spirit of the Lord came on this one man who prophesied and said, don't be afraid, verse 15, nor dismayed because of this great multitude. The battle is not yours, but God's. In other words, God said, I got this one, guys. I'll fight for you. Now, what's, what is it that would cause God to so get involved with his people and come between them and the pressure that was on them? They just sought him. They just prepared their hearts to seek him. That's all they did. They didn't even know what to do. And out of that seeking came, came some very peculiar, some very specific instruction You may remember this. This is when the Lord spoke to the king and said, I want you to send out all the singers. You're going to go out in battle, but instead of putting all the strong warriors up front, I want you to send out the praisers. I want you to send out the singers. I want you to send out the worshipers. Now, here's what's interesting. If you go back to Psalm 63 and you look up what David said, early will I seek you. If you look up that word seek, among other things, you're going to find that it means to worship, to worship. So even in battle, they're still seeking God. And out of that seeking before they went into battle came this instruction. You just begin to praise, just begin to worship, just begin to magnify the Lord. And they started in on praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And some of you may remember this story, but the Lord, he, he, totally defeated the armies that were coming against him. 
And I want to draw your attention to this in verse 25. Remember, we're we're looking at this connection between seeking God and the prosperity that we need. Seeking God and provision. After God had defeated the armies, verse 25, it says, when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they had stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. And in the very next verse, it talks about how they began to to worship the Lord again in the valley. And they called it the Valley of Berechah, something or other, which basically just means blessing. They called it the Valley of Blessing, where they just blessed the Lord and thanked him for what he had done in their lives and for their people. But did you notice there was so much stuff, so many valuables, so much spoil. It was more than they could carry. That's prosperity. That's excess. Jesus said, I came that you'd have life and have it more abundantly. That's what God did for these people. What's the key? How do you live in that? It all goes back to seeking him first, seeking him early. Man, I think back across the times that Sarah and I have taken time to seek the Lord, to find out his plan, find out his wisdom. And there have been times where he has told us to do something that seemed really unusual, really that just wouldn't make real good natural sense. But because because we've got good elders and we've, we've watched them walk it out in front of us because we have our own experience with the Lord, because we have his word to stand on, we've made decisions. We're gonna do it God's way. And we've done it and we have seen the result of it where the Lord provided for us and then more and more and more on top of that. Man, we've seen it as we've traveled in ministry. I know one time in particular, not long ago, the Lord told us, uh, he talked to us about flying privately again. We, had, we were flying our own airplane in this ministry. He led us to sow it into another ministry several years ago, now believe in God for the next one. And he told us to spend the money that it took to fly privately to this one meeting. Man, that was going to be a lot of money. But we said, Lord, okay, we'll do it. We'll do what you said. And we went, and in one service, the offering from that one service was one of, if not the biggest offering we'd had all year long, more than enough to cover all the expense for that aircraft and then to put money in the bank. And we're just going, God, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. But we never would have had that wisdom without seeking the Lord. It starts with seeking. There is a connection between your abundance, your prosperity, and you seeking God. But seeking comes first. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.